are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of Free Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Barry O'Neill. And we're once again at Raven, Barry. Yes, the long return. Long return. It's a busy Raven tonight. We'll it is. A bit later. It is jumping tonight. It is jumping tonight. I don't know if it's on tonight. Is it on tonight? I don't know. I guess just, I don't know, but they... Is this the start of the month, end of the month? First November. Everyone went sober for October, so everyone's getting drunk oh, tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be that. No fat November as well, if you're doing that. What's no fat November? Hey, you just don't jack off in November. Is that a thing? Yeah, apparently so, eh? I don't think I could do that month. No. That's a long time. That's, uh, a, long, that's a long 30 that's a long odd days. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got four days holidays, so I mean, that's even tougher. You know, like, <laughs> I have a lot of alone time right now. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, there's only so much Bojack Horseman a man can watch. You know? <laughs> and what are you drinking tonight? I am on the uh, Einstock White Ale. It's a, fa- a favourite. It is. And then I was here first, and then you picked up the. I picked up the Einstock Arctic Pale Ale without even knowing what you were drinking, so I know. It, was very, it was very random. <laughs> um, I think it tastes quite similar. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure the difference between the two of them. I mean, yours looks a hell of a lot lighter than mine. Yes, yes. Um, but maybe a wee bit more fizzier, maybe. Maybe a little bit more fizz to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but both fantastic beers. Yes. I would just like to see it on tap one day or even bottles rather than the cans. I know. Yeah. I feel you are getting robbed a wee bit by the price tag for a can. Four fifty for a can does seem a little a bit shit, doesn't it? Yeah. Compared to like you probably got a pint for a fiver. I know. It does seem a bit crap. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but it tastes fantastic, and I've not seen it in shops yet, which is a bit annoying. Have you yeah. seen it? Have you seen it anywhere? No, I haven't. No. No, I haven't. Then again, I haven't really looked for it either, but. Yeah. It does seem like you've got to go to like Marks and Spencer, say you used to go and try and get some of these fancier ones. Tesco seems to go with the very much American or the British stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem like a lot from Europe. Okay. Whereas Marks and Spencer's, uh, Sainsbury's will have a bit more selection from Europe and some more further from places. So we look for a bit more off the beaten track. Oh, okay, cool. For it, yeah. There you go. Um, big, there you go. There's a good recommendation by Richard. I know. I want to ask you that uh, Marks and Spencer's does little creatures, which I love. And, me and my good lady are almost almost at the finish line it is in sight we're almost about to cross it we have been tanking the US office. So uh, if you're at the end, like, it's now no longer Steve Carell, it's... No, it's... Uh, the guy from... Well, he's... Ke- Is Carell still around there? He's still no, no, he's well and truly gone oh, at this okay. point. Um, he left at the tail end of season seven, I think. Right, okay. Oh, the kind of mid part of season seven or something. Right, okay. Season seven just took a dive. I'm not going to lie, season seven is ropey because... I don't know what Carell was doing at the time or if he just said he didn't want to do this anymore. But you could see it feels like they've kind of tried to scramble a season together. Before he left. Yeah, yeah. and it's all over the place. Yeah. So it's like... Might, might almost have shot all his stuff in one couple, in a couple of weeks. Yep. And just tanked it all the way through that. Possibly could have done that, yeah, yeah. So you've got that, but then you've also got like, albeit funny, but also a bit shit where it's like a rotating list of like new managers coming in and then Will like, Ferrell from that one yeah Will. but then he's only there maybe for like an e- two episodes so, right. and then he ends up like 
hitting his head off. The, uh, he ends up like playing a basketball game, then like the basketball uh, hoop falls on him because he right. holds on to the rink. <laughs> so that ends up happening, and then he ends up concussed. So like he's out of it. Right, okay. It can't just it kind of breaks up the kind of family unit kind of thing Aye, it's, it's, it's always, always having like that that new guy in, in work or, or the new guy or new, the, the substitute teacher coming in every, every week it just sort of breaks up the dynamic or Aye, exactly so and then um, oh, what's, her, what's her name Catherine Tate oh she's in it she is in it so she ends up becoming like the kind of new manager which unfortunately I don't really like her right, I, okay. I find her voice is she playing British or playing American British, like okay. normally her voice irritates me a bit right, okay. but seeing this because she's really hamming up the whole like, English accent right, okay. it really grates on me but she's cat in it and then she's like a cat manager and then she ends up ultimately not being a manager but the guy who was a character in it Andy uh, he ends up being the manager but then he just starts like disappearing all the time on but like big trips away. Is that the guy, that, uh, Rain Wilson? Yes. Is he not at that point where a bit of a film career was kicking off at that point? So obviously Maybe. they had to build it in shooting time and he would be away for like say Aye. three weeks at a time to go and shoot something. I'm sure the same happens. Who's, who's a couple in it? Uh, Jim and Pam. Jim is obviously um, in the quiet place and an Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Even before he done that, he was getting to branch out into right, okay. other things. I'm sure in that season 7, 8, 9, he starts to become a little bit less... Aye. prevalent in it he's not Aye, it's, you can tell there's a lot of the time for like kind of background characters become bigger yes they have a, maybe a bit more of a role but then all of a sudden they'll just start disappearing again Aye. Uh, they'll be like in the background <laughs> for scenes and then that's it and Aye. stuff season 8 it does kind of pick itself back up again it kind of seems to sort itself out again but you can still feel those, it's just, just not the same dynamic route Karel there it's like, it's like when you, when you, when you love a band and you're, you're used to like a, a classic lineup of band, and then they take away something, they add something, they take away the drummer, they put a new drummer, and you go, yeah, the band still, they still do the same songs, they still do the same hits, but, but there's something just nah, you know, you like, you like the original lineup. Yeah, 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 you, you enjoy that more. Season nine, I feel it's not going to give us a lot. Like you've already got uh, Jim, the actor that plays Jim, he's only there. What? I think he's only in the paper company office uh, like maybe two three days a week or something because he's away in Philly starting up a tech company or Aye. something like that so, so in reality we did that the man had film offers and was away doing them yes yeah, yeah so because about that time you're probably doing stuff like that 13 hours and been, ga- been dragging like yeah yeah so they did get round it in a good way yeah no they built into the story obviously but you can see his cat hindering the actual office uh-huh. because him he was like he's like one of the actual like main driving forces of all the stories. A lot of the stories all connect round about him and Dwight and his um, wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so him not being there sometimes really fucking kills the episodes. Yeah. So compare it to the British Office. I, I wasn't a huge fan oh, of the British Office. Night and day. Night and day. Like I watched the UK Office at the time. Loved it. Tried to revisit it years down the line. It does not hold up. It's. But then that could be a byproduct of me maybe not liking um, Ricky Gervais as much because I find them all his characters are very cringy and yeah. very much a bit like. Ugh. But no, Stacey, she likes him because she likes yeah. all the show he does. Was it um, Derek or something? Yes, she, likes, I, she really. She doesn't like his stand-up stuff, but she loves him playing Derek. Derek, right? Okay. So I don't even think she liked The Office. She's not, she's no. Likes that one character. Is it because he's in a nursing home, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Maybe because she's used to work in a nursing home, she recognises a few things. Maybe, right. maybe. Um, 
I, I was never a fan of the British office because I'm not really a fan of British comedy generally. Like, yeah, I, I, I can find it hit and miss. Like, I like some of the classic stuff, and I like something like maybe Black Boots or IT Crowd. But I think because they're written by an Irishman, mm. there's a certain there's a twist on it as opposed to just being straight British comedy. Yeah, probably the last British comedy I liked straight out was probably Space. Yes, I'm trying. To, what was that show? It was a bit quirky on Channel Four. Mighty Bosch. Yes. I didn't like that. No, I didn't like it either, but I know people who, who, I who love, love it, it and I'm yeah. obsessed by it. And based on that, that's why that guy's on the British Bake Off and you get a lot of like, crowd watching that as well. Yeah. yeah, I never really get into it either, but I know people who absolutely love it. Same with League of Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. People love that kind of show. Um, but no, it's never really done it for me at all. Yeah, probably the last thing I really properly enjoyed it was semi-modern as the IT crowd. Yeah, that again, was, written by Irishman, so it's yeah. slightly different. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I have I watched the first four seasons of The Office, American one, and I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I like Krell, and I think Krell's because it's, yeah. it's on the border between cringy, which I think is what the problem with David Brent performance, or with your face, your Brent, it becomes so cringy you can't watch it. I feel awkward watching it. I feel, uh, you know when you see something, you see something that's so embarrassing, you feel embarrassed watching it? It's almost like it's so cringe. It's so cringy that you can't even relate to it uh-huh, because it nobody you'd like to hope would go that uh, far. Yeah. Whereas Karel has a good balance where you can recognise some elements yeah. with own, with your own like management and your jobs and stuff where you're like, yeah, I could actually see my manager maybe trying some of those moves yeah. to try and motivate you. Well, you know? I think the Vase's character seems so... Um, He's a parody. He doesn't even know what he is. He doesn't realise what he is. Yeah, because he's trying that hard to be like. Yeah. Whereas the Karel kind of so every now and again he's aware of what he is and, yeah. and he understands that and he he, he has a certain level of embarrassment. Although, weirdly enough, I quite I did love, but I, I had found more affection for the movie they've done for the office of David Brent Life on the Road. I never Where watched it. Him going out on the road with his band and trying to play gigs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and at that one, it, it slightly becomes slightly more self-aware. Okay. And it, and it I kind of twig more of that. But the next thing you're going to go, is he laughing at someone, or are you, is he laughing? Are you, it becomes all the who you're laughing at, you laughing at or with, and it becomes that. Can you get into the mixed territory? Um, but yeah, so you work in the office. Are there anything else of interest you're watching this now? No, that's it. I'm, I've just been absolutely tanking it because I want to finish it this yeah, time. I'm watching at home. Yeah, um, sorry, what are you watching? Bojack Horseman, season four. Nice. Do you like Bojack? I take my time with it. I think we have discussed off air. I, I can handle maybe a couple of episodes, but if I start like, tanking too many, I find I just start drifting. Like, I don't... Three is my limit yeah. in a day. I, I can't really do many more than three. Yeah. There are times when Bojack is genuinely one of the most well-done and sort of genuinely touching piece of animation and, yeah. of, and storytelling and, and, and writing you can probably find in any media, be it comic book, be it novel, be it a movie, be it a, a, rock, like a, a live action show, it really gets to it. But sometimes it is so far up its own arse, it's literally licking the back of its own throat. Yeah, there has been quite a few episodes, at least I kind of jumped back in mid-season three to catch up for the new season yeah. four, then I've been making my way slowly through it. And there was a couple of episodes that I found myself not even paying attention I, to. I because lose interest. Yeah. There's one in this episode where this season started where he's, it's him doing a eulogy. Yeah, aye, aye. That's the whole entire episode. And it, it, in a way, as it, a piece of writing, it's, it's very impressive, but I just find it dull as fuck. Yeah. I, I, just, I was just not interested. Yeah. I don't think I'm too far away after that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I sat... I've only one to go just now. I sat there and thought, 
the exact same thing. I was sitting there waiting, essentially for the episode to start, but that was the, the episode, episode yeah. and I was like, fuck. Like, yeah. like, you can't, like, but then, we were talking before about like the tail end of season three, that really touching episode when like he's putting his mum in a home because she's got a dementia, dementia. Uh-huh, yeah. and that episode almost had me crying. Yeah, totally, like it can, legit, totally does do that. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, it's like you go from that kind of stuff, which is really well done as a whole episode, then you get just drivel like him standing doing the eulogy. And you're the, like, I mean, the eulogy itself was exceptionally touching and I got what it was trying to do, but I just didn't find it engaging enough. For a whole 20 odd minutes. Aye, it's, yeah. just, it's not the most, it's, it's an odd thing to watch. Yeah. Also, they're doing a thing with the, the pod, the character in this one. Yeah, yeah. They made him like an asexual character and he's sort of like, he has this like, sort of weird sex robot thing going on. It just, he just seems, to don't see the, the characters don't really know what to do with him anymore. Like the, the crux of the story is Bojack and Todd doesn't really seem to have any role within the show anymore. No. But they've obviously got Aaron Paul on staff and got him as a producer. Yep. So they've got to make sure that they're for Todd in it. And he's, maybe, he'll, maybe it'll be something happening at the end of the season that'll make it make sense of it. But I just find him, he just had nothing kind of it. feels a bit lazy. Same with actually the the ex girlfriend, the, like the, the one that Alison Brie um, does the voice of. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the reporter. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, she doesn't really do anything now. She's no. Like, she's, I love, I love, to, I love basically to chastise Bojack at every opportunity. Yeah. That's her only role within the show. And, yeah, exactly. She's only really there to ever, for, like, Bojack to talk to her and bring up, like, rehash the past. Oh, but Bojack's now got... The, the, the actress girlfriend and it's, and, and yeah, yeah. he's also got Princess Buttercup Princess not Princess Buttercup Princess Caroline have they talked to so like, all the, again that kind of just the, the girlfriend character who, or the actor character just seem to get completely defunct just why you need to have her there it's the same with the I sometimes find like the the dog character Mr Peanut Butter yeah yeah, yeah. I sometimes find him he's a bit kind of just he's only been stuck in that episode because he's there aye because he's contractually obliged to have him in every episode thing yeah yeah. Um, but like when it's on when it's on it's very good but just a lot of times I'm just, I find myself maybe just not quite embracing it as much as I want to do you, it do you think this is them starting to slow down now and maybe wrapping the show I don't know because it, it's got nothing but love online like yeah. people absolutely adore this show and people get very shitty online if, you, if you're not entirely in love with it as I've found out to my detriment if you in any way sort of impugn on the, the genius of Bojack much like Rick and Morty if you impugn on the genius of Rick and Morty People get shitty with you. I have tried that show so many times. Maybe it's just above my IQ, but my God, I do not understand why people go crazy for it. I maybe, maybe I'm just past it. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's came at the wrong moment and I haven't realised something. I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't click with me. I, I'm a fan of. I love Rick and Morty. And yeah. There's moments when I have, I have been howling with laughter watching it. But there are also moments where I'm just going, "This is not a good. This is not as smart as they think they are." Okay. And I'm just going, it's, this is, and it comes across a bit wankish. Yeah. And Bojack has that little bit about it as well. At times, utterly brilliant and really emotional, like you said, emotional to the point you are actually genuinely nearly in tears. But all the time, you're just like, ah, oh, just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched that, I've been watching that, I'm really finished that. Also, watching a horror film, which I'm going to recommend, Ooh. not to you because you're a big scary cat and you don't like anything, <laughs> um, but to your good lady, it's on Sky Movies right now. It's an old Stephen King movie called Thinner. Okay. You might like it actually. It's about a guy, he knocks down a gypsy. Okay. Uh, and the gypsy's relative is a curse on him. Now he's an obese man, so the curse says he'll get thinner no regardless of how much he eats. 
he just starts wasting away over the course of time, oh. and he just goes slowly mad as he keeps as he starts to degrade. Okay. That sounds actually quite good. It's a bit, have you ever seen Drag Me to Hell? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of along those lines. Oh, nice. Um, it's Stephen King, so it's, it's man knows how to do horror. Um, it, it's generally a really enjoyable film. It's about ninety minutes long, but yeah. it covers it, just a guy's descent into madness as he has this cursor and he doesn't know what to do with it and. You get the option of you get even rid of the cut if you pass it on to someone else, and you go like, well, who do you pass it on to? What do you do at that point? He's whole, he's like, his love life, his family life, all just descend into madness because of this. Him. Really fun, really enjoyable kind of horror film. I really liked it. Uh, it came out early nineties. The only thing I heard Stacey talking about today that she was recommending to one of her pals that came over today was um, it's on Netflix. It's House in the Haunted Hill. Watch the first four. She, she seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. Sorry, it's a TV show, isn't it? It's a 10 episode TV show, yes. Apologies. Uh, aye, it's a TV show. Uh, she loved it. So Watch the first four. Liking it. It's at moments quite, generally quite creepy, but not the level of scare factor that people were giving it. Yeah. And also, even only 10 episodes on it, I'm only four into it right now, and I can already sense there's a bit of fat on these bones that are cut out. You know, the way Netflix always is, you go like, you could have probably trimmed every, you know, you could have got this down to about eight. Aye, well, I've only watched four so far, but I can really see, you can either made those four into three, you know, just by trimming the fat and putting some in other episodes, and maybe I made, yeah, you know, I'm so, with you, I'm with you. Which is pretty much all, that's probably the, that's probably the same thing for every Netflix show. Yeah, mostly. we spoke about that, about Evil, Gen- uh, Evil Genius as well. Yeah, know? yeah, same you know, it was like a five, six part, Documentary style thing that could have easily have been maybe two hour and a half. Yeah, Maker yeah. Mother as well. I know that season two of that's back on as well. Season one of that, much the same. There's like a lot of things on Netflix. Just turn the episode down. If, if they offer you ten, say we'll do it in eight, and you'll get same show, but it'll be much yeah. a tighter show. I've watched that film thinner, really enjoyable horror film. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, I've been unfortunately busy this week. Ice hockey is back, so life isn't taken up by ice hockey. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, so only, only a few films this week. So the first one is one that you have seen, da, 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 da. and it's a film called Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Directed by well, yeah, directed by Brian Singer. Okay. But he was kicked off it. Oh my. Seventy-five percent of the end to it. Oh. And then they brought in Dexter Fletcher. Which is strange because Brian still got the nod. But Brian Singer, Brian's a brick, apparently a prick. He's, um, there's a lot of stories with Brian Singer. Have a wee Google search one day of what I, Brian Singer's done. I shall. He's, um, yeah, it's amazing in the whole Me Too thing that Brian Singer's still getting work. Um, but Brian oh. Singer's obviously done X-Men, Your Suspects, Valkyrie, Art People, good director. Yep. Um, when he comes up on set. Dexter Fletcher, um, done Wild Bill. Yes. Um, Eddie the Eagle, if you saw that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also Sigeon on Leaf. Oh, nice. So, guys, yeah, did some really nice stuff uh. as well. But it's credit to the Brian Singer. Fletcher is given the uh, executive producer role. It's not quite the Joss Whedon, um, Jack Snyder thing on Superman. Uh-huh. It's not quite that, but definitely the the two are on um, involved in directing. Um, the plot of the film is essentially the story of Freddie Mercury yes. tied up with the story of Queen, yes. going from their early origins through to them playing their epic gig at Live Aid at Wembley. Yes. Um, and it shows you how the band go from nothing to something and everything that happened in between. That's essentially, it's a, basic, it's a biopic yeah. about Freddie Mercury, but also widely about Queen. Yes. Um, in the main role, you've got Rami, Rami Malik yes. playing Freddie. Which, some scenes... You would have legit thought that was Freddie standing up there. Yeah, he looked good. He like, looked good. but then there was also other scenes when I was like totally just taken out of it, and yeah. I'm like, that's not him. Yeah. But the, I have to yeah, give him. Sh- yeah, moments, yeah, definitely moments. Yeah, uh, you get Ben Hardy playing Roger Taylor. Yes, who we don't really know much about. 
You've got, amazingly, the guy playing John Deacon is Joseph Marzanello. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. That is Tim from Jurassic Park. That's the boy in Jurassic yeah, Park. That's yeah, yeah. him. That's awesome. I know, I'm just really terribly happy with that one. <laughs> uh, you get Galen Lee playing this sort of love interest, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, no, sorry, Galen Lee plays Brian May. Yes. And Lucy Boynton plays the love interest. Yep. She was in a film we watched last week, actually. She oh. was in Fossil. Oh, nice. Um, also, you get Aidan Gillian playing, the, he plays Miami, the, the accountant. What a uh, name. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Leach plays the uh, manager. Yeah, yeah. And also, for some bizarre reason, which we'll never really explain and it seems totally pointless, Mike Myers. Yeah, I was talking to Stacey about that. I think it's been a role, and because it's such a small role, and I don't know if it's maybe not a lot of folk wanted to pick up on it but because maybe he's a massive Queen fan as you know Wayne's World it does seem they're only to like make that one joke yeah and it's like you know they don't want this song no one will ever headbang to this song in a car yes it was, it, you didn't have to just for that one line to make it funnier I think so yeah and maybe like, it's a throwaway role maybe that's why he was in it that's yeah. why anyway because he has these five minutes tops oh if, if that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well are you, a, are you a Queen fan? hello like the hits? I like the hits. I'm the same, yeah. I'm not going to say I'm a hardcore Queen fan. No, absolutely not. But you, the, the, the hits of Queen will always be up and, up and about. Aye. They are, they, are, they are good for that. Um, you stick them on, people are going to be singing, a wee bit dancing. There's very few Queen sort of big hits, and no one, even if you like, sort of like, don't like Queen, you don't know all the words to. You know, you're happy thinking who doesn't know all the words to Don't Stop Me Now or Lady Gaga or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Something, everyone knows the words. What do you think of the film? This film, no. I like this film. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Queen fan. No, no, fair enough. But I did enjoy it. Yeah. Because it focused more on the individual characters and how they all blossomed to be be Queen. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really about like the music, which I, it, it was a good it was a good mix. Very balanced, yeah. Yeah, between the music's in the background, gets you pumped up, and there's enough there with the the characters to push the story along. And for some reason, I don't know why it is. But any time there's I hear any sort of live audience singing words or whatever, I seem to get goosebumps. No matter what, no matter if it's a movie, a live concert, a live like CD or whatever. Any time there's a live audience and they're singing, I just seem to get chills. I seem to get goosebumps. No, no, I am much the same. And I don't know what it is about it, but there was a lot of that in this movie, and I think oh. that just. Oh. There is, I don't even remember, I about, maybe I'm going to say five years ago. Okay. It was um, when the Foo Fighters, so, people in Italy, it was like a thousand drummers, a thousand guitarists, a thousand yeah. bass players, yeah, a thousand singers yeah, 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 yeah. doing. I can't remember, was it, it Learn to Fly? I think it was, I. Every time I watch that, I would cry. Oh. It, 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 it utterly gets me. And I'm Anytime I see a live audience all in unison yes. doing something and. and getting involved in music in some way yeah. it, it, it totally gets me in every way yeah. um, so much to do with the bits with um, the, the Live Aid stuff yes. it's really it's good because it, it does get you because it's a real kind of emotional moment yeah. and you know for the most part even though it happened in the early 90s or late 80s uh, Live Aid happened, I was mum I was, it happened the day I was born nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. it's a uh, albeit it happened back then but in terms of history, that's not that long ago. No, definitely so, not, yeah. And it's, you know, it, it always gets shown some point yeah, totally. on TV, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for that part. Uh, 
as you know, it was a bit of a shame the kind of the way it all kind of worked out and all that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Um, I enjoyed it mostly. The script is basically someone's taken Wikipedia and put it in the final draft. Aye. There's, there's, it's almost the same exact structure to Johnny, Ca- Johnny Cash one, The Waterline. Okay. okay. Um, or Ray, if you've seen that one, or the one about James Brown. It's it's almost exactly the same structure. Mm. There's nothing new revealed in this film. Don't like anything new. No, no. You know, it's all I think it's a very safe movie. Oh, very safe, yeah. Depends how much the uh, Queen family had involved. This is the problem. I think the Queen, the guys in Queen um, Deacon, I think Deacon and May are still alive. I think yes. they're still I might be dead now. Possibly. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Anyway, Deacon and May are put on as um, exec producers. Right, okay. So they have a big say in what's going on in the content. Yeah, because they still have to look after like the legacy. The legacy of the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I felt because it was so safe, it missed a real chance to show some level of darkness to the band because like Queen, are, Queen for all they are Queen are a pretty boring band yeah you know there wasn't any sort of like hard luck story of them like trying out for a thousand different producers and trying to get to the top and working their way up you know yeah, yeah. they played some college gigs they got a record deal they became fucking huge because they wrote good songs yeah there's no it's not there's no hard luck story to get to the point of playing you know anything um, and even when they play live, they're saying, oh, this is them, the low ebb, and this is them, they're way back. You're going, I don't really get that from the film that they somehow fallen from grace at any point. They're still playing these massive tours or something. You're like, going, no, oh, th- you've got, got it more for the fact that like, Mercury was bored of playing the tours as opposed to the band were on the wane. Yeah, aye, exactly. Um, like, there's no like, epic comeback. Uh, it was just simply Freddie get tired of that. Uh, Freddie just get tired of doing the whole album tour at album tour, which yeah. I could totally get because yeah, yeah. it every band seems to suffer yeah. that kind of like heavy rotation and then I think they could have went darker when it came to that part of the story when it came to like Freddie being off doing his own thing and then slowly getting further deeper into the whole like, gay lifestyle and all oh, that yeah. kind of thing but as we said before because the other couple of fellas were on it as executive producers they're never going to paint them in a bad light like they, almost, they almost want to keep it in like a in a more wholesome way. Yes. They want to make it for your dad to watch. Yes. Your dad might love Queen, but he doesn't really want to know about Freddie Mercury fucking guy in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to know about that. He, doesn't, he wants you to hear the songs. It did break my heart a bit when his first pretty much gay experience was with a truck driver. Yeah. I'm like, God, really a truck driver? <laughs> Come on. Um, I would say, well, it was odd how it, the major focus on it was on his one straight relationship. Yes. That felt a bit odd to me that they, they focus on that so much. Whereas he's only the only gay relationship really shown in the film is a guy who basically leeches off him and basically turns him again and, and sort of seen as an, an evil presence in the film. Yeah, yeah. Also, there's a little bit more reconciliation towards the end with yes. the other gay guys in the film. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's like straight life. She loves you. She can look after you. Gay life. Oh my God! They get, look, look what he's doing. He's just sucking the life out of you, literally yeah. and figuratively. Um, you know, so it's that's felt odd to me that the other guy. Mercury has a guy who's sort of revered in the, in the gay community and he has a, he has seen a gay icon yeah, yeah. and it felt odd to, to sort of not if you're going to show it embrace it in some way properly don't just do it as, sort of, as, of a, as an aside yep, yeah, yep. So I felt that was a bit odd oh that Malik is excellent yes for the most part yeah yeah like you said there's a few moments when you you go that Freddie Mercury uh, that he does look exactly like I mean, the, the act and the posture and the yep. the movement is particularly on the live age stuff I thought was he would pretty spot on with the sort of movement of Freddie when he played Aye. live that's a that's a guy that studied that yeah. concert to death. Aye, yeah. absolutely. And you and you knew that was the focal point of the film because they, they basically do the whole concert. Yeah, the full twenty minute set. You yeah. see that in the film. 
Um, he's not singing, I found this out. Oh, okay. Uh, they've, they've dubbed Freddie's voice over it. Makes sense. Because, sense, I mean, how do you copy that voice? No, you can't. You can't, yeah. You know. Um, but I think he's very good. I think the talk of Oscars is maybe a little bit premature. I don't think it's that kind of performance. No, no. Uh, I don't know if the Oscars have a music category or not. No. <laughs> Golden Globes do maybe one for the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that. I think I don't think it's n- nothing against anyone that's in the movie. I don't think it's Oscar material. No. There's a very strict program for the Oscars, which we've discussed at length many a time. I think he'll maybe pick up a few nods further down the chain, like Golden Globes and maybe like music awards. He'll right. maybe like pick up things there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but enjoy one off. Songs are always good. Yeah. Songs are good. So you enjoy them. But yeah, I thought it was just like I said, a very safe movie. Try to stand a biopic. Nothing said outside from anything else. Yeah, yeah. If you like Queen, you'll enjoy it. If you don't like Queen, you'll probably not enjoy it. Yeah. That's pretty much that's it. A, that's a fair. Yeah. Did Stacey like it? It was alright. I think the only reason I managed to convince her to go was because we were doing this today. Yeah. Because uh, the other choice was Slaughterhouse Rules. Right. Okay. Uh, but even then, she wasn't desperate to go and see that either. Right, okay, so sure. I was like, well... A bit safer being in your rhapsody. Yeah. yeah, at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah, Jill know. loved it. She's a big Queen fan. Nice. Her dad's a big Queen fan, so she really enjoyed it. She got into it a lot. I can feel this is going to be in the uh, Christmas stocking list for her dad later. Of course, it could be uh, the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Out of ten? A comfortable eight. It's An eight? Wow. It's really high. It's not offensive. The music's spot on. It's it's that period in Queen where it's like all the music in it is all the hits. Aye. So, like we said, it's it's easy watching. I could probably watch that tomorrow and still come away with the same experience. I'm never going to be like, oh fuck, here we go again. Yeah, it, it's enough. it's that cal. It's light enough to enjoy it. You yeah, know. I'm gonna go six and a half. Okay. Okay. Yes, it's, it's, I would say it's absolutely fine, well done, decent film, decent yeah. performances, but just, it, I, I was a bit bored by it at the time, because it is quite a chunky film, like two and a bit of them. Ah, yeah, it is, it's pretty solid. Right, so uh, maybe I'm not in 34 minutes. Over two hours. Right, right, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, a bit, so, but overall, enjoyed it, probably wouldn't go see it again in a rush, but we'd probably watch it, maybe like a Lady Sunday afternoon. You know, uh, that there you go that's it's fucking time slot yeah. a Sunday afternoon if it's pissing or raining you're suffering a hangover there you yeah, go aye, cause nothing makes you happy even like even before you go out a night out put it on the TV while it's in, and you hear the music it's yeah, yeah. Do you, you know, yeah, yeah. just put the soundtrack on before they can film it'll, it'll get you um, but yeah so 6.5 at 10 for me 8 for you so maybe a full average out of 7 it's all 7 it's all 7 it's all 7 um, second film I've, not, you've seen, I've seen it you've not seen it yes um, it's Goosebumps 2 on Halloween oh Directed by Ari Sandal, okay. who directed a film called The Duff, which is called which is, um, Disney's Ugly Fat Friend, which is a really funny, well done, sort of like clueless style teen high school drama. Okay. Very funny, I really like that one. Um, the plot of this film is much the same as the Cosmic Goosebumps film. Um, there's a book, the book comes to life essentially, everything from the book starts to happen in the town, and you, kids have got to try and stop it. Okay. Because, um, you know, this is happening. Uh, not a big cast in it that you know. You've got um, 
Kelly Harris plays the main gentleman in it, and Jeremy Ray Taylor in it as well, uh, Madison Ellsman, they're all kind of non-names. Um, Wendy McKinnon Cavey might be the biggest name I recognise, apart from Ken Young, he's in it as well, uh, from The Hangover. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And also Chris Carmel, um, I know from doing a voice in Archer. Okay, okay. And he's also in Dirty Rock, Doctor Spaceman. Right, right. Yeah, so I never watched Dirty Rock, so. Yeah, he's in that, so. Okay. Three, kind of, three adult character actors who sort of bounce around a lot of comedy stuff, and then sort of four kids who don't really know much about. Did you ever read the Goosebumps stories? I love the Goosebumps books as a kid. Right, good. See these, like, I haven't watched these movies, I didn't even get around to watching the first one. Do these like movies follow any of the books, or are they, or is it like a mashup of it's like... kind of a mash kind of not, because essentially in the films, in this film as well, Ariel Stein is a real person. Yeah. Right, he's not... A fictional author. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's a real person who lives as well, and basically his books can come to life. Okay. So there are elements of his books that always come through. The first one is sort of a lot of stuff from all the books. This one is sort of an original one. It's his first book that he never finished. Right. So there is stuff in it that sort of you recognise from his other books, and they do reference his other books. Ah, okay, okay. Quite good. Okay. Um, I'm a big Goosebumps fan. I loved it as a kid. Like, I read the books all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the TV show as well. Yeah, of and course, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, I loved the first, not love, I, I really enjoyed the first film. I thought it was really smart, well, well done, kid horror film. I thought it was really fun. It, was, it, it bounced along, it was funny, it was a bit scary at times, it was smart. Really enjoyed it. This film, again, it's, it's very solid, it's very safe. For the most part, I thought it was really made, a made for DVD release. Right. They got a cinema release. Okay. Um, it's slightly better than that. Which is good. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, I had a time with a really good man. It looked, and it, the poster looks cheap. The trailer looks cheap. It just, it doesn't look like they've made much effort on it. But the film itself is, is solid. Follows the first storyline pretty much, not word for word, not, not beat for beat, but it has the same beats in it mostly. Cool. Um, but it lacks the charm of the original film. Ah. The, the film. I, I don't know what. It, I can't really pinpoint what the first one had. There's a lot of Jack Black in it who's really good in it. This one doesn't have a lot of Jack Black. He's only he's got an extended cameo in this film, so it doesn't really have the same bounce that the other one had. Right. Okay. Um, okay. What I did like though was that I enjoyed the practical effects. A lot. It's not all reliant on CGI, which is nice. Oh, nice, so nice. It's like for guys in big costumes and makeup, and yeah. you know, and you know, it's all practical. It always should be rewarded in oh, this day and age. Absolutely. When directors are willing to go to those lengths to do anything, yeah. it should be rewarded rather than relying on CG nowadays. Totally, totally. And CG is so cheap these days, uh, relatively, that you can get away with a lot of stuff via yeah. CG. So when you see stuff and you go, oh, shit, that's, that's real, that's a guy in a mask, it's a, yeah, guy, yeah. It's a guy on stilts doing that role. Yeah. That's, I, I always feel these smiles coming through, so that's nice they've done that. Um, it plays like, like, remember the 90s stuff you used to watch, it's all like Hocus Pocus? Yes. It's in that kind of vein. Okay. Like, so totally inoffensive. Yeah. Had a few moments you'll kind of laugh and giggle and you enjoy. Aye, aye. It's, again, Sunday afternoon watch, you meet kids and sit and go, it's totally inoffensive. The whole family can watch it, there's nothing bad in it. Just didn't really have the punch and the zip of the, the first one. But still enjoyable enough. Um, I can't, I don't know when the first movie came out, but do you feel the second one's been rushed? Is that maybe why it doesn't have its magic? Or do you think the magic was all tied around such... A good actor as Jack Black. I think Black. so. I think they would tie around the, the, the casting of the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one doesn't even feel rushed. It does feel like it's been put. It does seem cheaper. I wouldn't doubt it. It's a little bit cheaper than the first one. Okay. But also, it just feels like it came from. No, it feels it, it, it wasn't getting much of a push. Right. It's a fairly 
Like, I didn't even know about this, yeah, you know. I felt there was no event to be like, oh, that, that's okay, so that's out now. You know, we can see it. That was pretty much it, so. Who owns this? Like, who owns the franchise? I've genuinely no idea. No, you don't I have no idea. Might, I can't remember who was on the front of the... No, because it's not like coming up Disney or nothing. No, it's, not, it's definitely not Disney. No, yeah. it's definitely not Disney. Because um, that might be... Well, depends who owns it. We don't even know who owns it, but that's maybe why the budget's been cut. Possibly, yeah. You know, but the first one done a decent bit of money. Yeah. I think maybe the first one, the second one didn't get a big budget because Jack Black wasn't able to commit as much time. Yep. And a lot of the film was maybe tied up in how much Jack Black is. He's a draw. People do like Jack Black in films, so yeah. given that. Um, but I said, if you were home on a Halloween night and you want to watch something with the kids and not freak them out completely by showing them like American Werewolf or The Thing, or The Exorcist, or The Exorcist, or The <laughs> Guys, something like that. <laughs> Put this on for them, they'll enjoy it, they'll laugh, they'll giggle, they'll get a wee fright, and it's, it's absolutely fine, totally impressive. Yeah. Maybe not a cinema film. No. Okay. Better, better than the DVD, but if I was to pay, what, eight quid to go to cinema these days? Oof, ten pounds, my good man. Ten pounds to go to cinema these days? Um, I would not be paying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I look upon it, the films I've seen this month, I've got, I paid for them, I got this one for free, and it's a free film, totally fine. Cool. Give it a solid six out of ten. Cool. Okay. Um, As a... That's a pretty reasonable, like, route, uh, score out of 10 for a movie that's a bad... Uh, it's a sequel. It's, 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 hit and miss. It's nothing bad about it, but nothing... But nothing there's nothing awful in it. I'm going like, this is absolutely boring as shit me. Yeah, yeah. I giggled along a few bits of it. Okay. Nothing. It's absolutely fine. Cool. Absolutely fine. And the last film of this week is a film called Slaughterhouse Rules. Yes. Directed by Crispin Mills, who directed a film called A Fantastic Fear of Everything. Yes, you know, Simon I don't like indie film. Is that the one that he had uh, on the poster? He had like big ginger hair or something? Yes, and he basically scared out. He looked really flat and he was kind of rag, uh, a rag from a floor banger. Okay. Anyway, scared again outside. Cool. Um, plot of this film is there's a private boarding school. Um, the, young, the young kid goes to it who is like from the non elite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to his eyes. But in the school, you can tell there's something not right. The school's a bit kind of crazy. Uh, there's fracking going on in the, the field across from the school. Never a good thing. Never a good thing. And this unleashes a demon upon the school and the kids have survived this demon attacking the school. Why is fracking still allowed? It, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I'm not sure every fracking unleashes a demon, but ultimately, environmentally, it's losing something. Yeah, it's fucking retarded. Yeah. Everybody go to release earthquakes. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah. It's pretty much a demon at that point. It's pretty much a demon. A demon of the air. <laughs> um, so you've got Michael Sheen playing the headmaster of the school. Um, Nick Frost plays the next pupil, who's um, on site as well. Sam Tech is a teacher. Okay. Um, yeah. Asa Butterfield plays one of the students. I think he is in... He's in X-Men. I think he also in that show we watched. The, 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 the one was on Channel 4, End of the Fucking World. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Hermani, Hermani, I can't say her name, Corfield plays a kind of the sexy posh bit of potty. Um, and that's the kind of cast, so there's a young pretty cast in it as well. Cool. Um, it's very Shaun the Dead meets Tremors. Right. So, with a wee kind of St. Trinity's twist also with the public school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, much, actually, not dissimilar to, to the previous film we talked about, the Goosebumps. It's, it's absolutely fine. You kind of get what you want from it. There's, there's a, it's a decent yarn, there's a lot of blood and there's kind of gory deaths in it and that's kind of pretty much it, it's, it's funny at bits and it's kind of taking a little bit of pop shot and they're going to hold the upper class public schoolboy life which who realised if I went to a public school I'd probably be kicked out for about five minutes because everybody's knocked it up for the shit within it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, it's like, oh, you know, just nuts and um, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of 
this podcast called Three Beers a Movie is my film is really best watched after having three beers. Yeah. You know, okay. late, you know, after the pub, coming home, it's on TV at like 11, 12 o'clock at night, you sit and watch it, you'll you roar your tail with laughter watching it. Right. But watch it in the cold, sober light, three o'clock cinema with no one else in the cinema, not quite get the same so impact on it. So essentially, you're comparing it to a Donner kebab then? Is it? If we're keeping with the night out reference? Uh, that is 100% what it's like. It's definitely not a full, classy meal. It's most definitely that bag of chips or sausage supper from the Blue, the blue Moon, which you know you'll regret. Or Blue Lagoon, sorry, yeah. you, you know you're going to get in the train home, but fuck it, you at, at midnight, that's what your body wants and your body craves. Cool. That's yeah. a good reference. Yeah, that one. That's a very localised. Local yeah. <laughs> if you don't come from Glasgow or yeah. this side of the, the world, it's a fish and chip uh, chain. Yeah, not yeah. a really good fish and chip chain, but fucking yeah. on a drunk night out, it is a good fish and chip chain, and that's all I really care about. <laughs> um, at 100 minutes, it felt a bit kind of soggy in the middle. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, you felt like you're going like, this movie moves along, we were on the same ground. Right. Like any horror film, people make decisions, you go, why are you doing that? Why are you, stop running towards the stop, thing. Stop going upstairs. Stop going upstairs, just stop running towards the thing. And also, why is the guy who's who a dick at the start of it, because he was thought he was a posh schoolboy, really well these kids. Once fucking monsters start appearing, maybe drop the arsehole schoolboy thing and maybe go like, maybe take the monsters rather than try to take things on some yeah. bratty little kid you don't like. Also, another thing I've noticed about horror movies is, why does no one ever turn fucking lights on? It's a good point, yeah, people want to run through the darkness. It's like, there's a scary person or a scary monster in the house, oh, I'm going to switch on all the lights because it'll be easier to see the person creeping about <laughs> rather than just let them run around in the shadows. But, um, I don't know, have you got much else to say about this movie? No, it's not really, man. It seems it's just, it's a very, it's a by the numbers right. kind of movie. Like, it's it's great seeing Nick Frost and Simon Pegg back on screen. Yes. They don't yeah. have one scene together, which is a bit of a shame. Okay. But there's a moment you see uh, Simon Pegg with a cricket bat, so you're going to go, it's nice to see them back on a moment. Shaun of the Dead reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. There's a nice wee cameo pops up in it of who his girlfriend is. Oh, nice. With Jimmy Smile. Um, is it who we think it is? No, okay, tell I'll, me off, tell I'll me off, off there. Okay. I'm intrigued now. Intrigued now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's just, it's just a, again, like I said, a standard, fun, nothing breaking the mold, all right film. Like, um, okay, I watched the trailer for this movie, uh, and the trailer certainly perceived it as a movie that's for a younger audience. Would you say this is no, for... I give it 15. Okay. I definitely give it that audience. Okay. There is a decent back of in it. Right, and they're dealing with suicide at one point as well, so it's got kind of darker tones to it. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's definitely not a, it's not a PG movie by any stretch of imagination. Cool. And that maybe will mean it's not going to get much of an audience because it's going to limit who's going to see it. It's that whole in-between age bracket where it's not a hard 18, Aye. and it's not a for the kids, it's that in-between where you're going to get, Aye. no one's going to be satisfied. I imagine tomorrow might do a bit of business on a Friday night. Uh, date you know, night. Date, date night, Friday night, always out, you know, late night movie, you work that, I could do that. Uh, but that's pretty much, I would give it a 6 out of 10, man. Cool. So, again, solid, but nothing spectacular. Yeah. Kills in time. It's such a safe week this week. A very safe week this week, I mean, if I was going to recommend one, I would probably recommend Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, I know, a bad shout. Yeah, out, out of three of them, I'd probably say Bohemian Rhapsody, but... I, I, you could, I could probably say, yeah, probably Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It's probably one of those movies you can have on 
but you don't need to give it 100% attention yes. at all times, but you can still follow Absolutely. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but next week is a very busy week. Next week is a bumper week. Bumper week. We've got a lot of stuff on next week. <laughs> we have got um, Peter Lou is out, okay. which is a three-hour epic about um, working-class guys in Northern England taking on the government, which is back in the 1800s. So it's like Britain's, basically Britain's um, French Revolution, essentially. Okay. Okay, so it's very interesting. Um, you get Matriarch, which is a Scottish movie about how about your straw dog goes with baby feel about it. Directed by a guy whose only fame so far has came from being in 137 episodes of River City. What? So, so <laughs> I don't really know if that's a claim to fame. I don't know if it's a claim to fame. I mean, the, the only thing that really got me in contact about last week that the trailer for it says is that, that, that you know, it comes up with like, this film to get on, you know, from, you know, The Sun, from Empire. Yeah, this yeah. one says, this film with a great rip-roaring yarn from Lorraine Kelly. Uh, I'm not really sure if Lorraine Kelly is. <laughs> Once again, this is very, like, ah, uh, this is a very... Scottish-themed episode <laughs> yeah. of, like, if you don't know any of these references, it means nothing. Yeah, she's sure. a, like a TV personality. Yes. Is she still on the TV? I don't know. Oh, I feel like I know that. Yeah. yeah, she's a TV personality. Yeah. But it's been not, but she's definitely not a film critic. No, no, <laughs> no. not by any stretch of the imagination. No. It's even about ropey when newspapers jump in and they all give it five stars. You're like, really? You like, you know, I think you've done you're hoping that a film review you're doing it. Yeah. Some random. Uh, you also got a film called Juliet Naked out as well, which is sort of a, a rom-com for the most... You know, it's not you know, like a cheesy rom-com, it's a bit, a bit of classier rom-com. Okay. Um, Ethan Hawke, Chris O'Dowd, and it, uh, so like, uh, Rose Byrne as well, so it was a good solid cast, it's a bit more interesting, from a Nick Hornby novel, so Nick Hornby. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you've got a new Disney one called The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. I've seen the trailer. Not convinced. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's for me. Like, me sitting through Beauty and the Beast was... So, I just don't see anyone who's giving a fuck about this film, to be honest. I just don't see kids going mum and dad that I want to go and see the Nutcracker. No, because it, it looks quite a heavy film. Uh, like, it doesn't look... Like, Beauty and the Beast, it's a quite a light story, a light film. the bestiality. Yeah. But this seems like it's... It could, it could kickstart a franchise for them. Uh-huh. It's got that whole kind of, like... Um, what do you call it? It's got that whole kind of Chronicles of Narnia that, style going thought, on. Narnia, that's what I thought when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah. Like, in fact, they call it, not just call it the Nutcracker, they call it the Nutcracker of the Four Realms. Yes. It means me think the tracks that they're wanting to have like Nutcracker into something else eventually if this thing takes off. And I feel good. Um, I don't see it doing well, but I'm going to see it. I have to go see everything. That's the way I am. Um, so I'm intrigued by it, if anything. Yes. Uh, you've also got Widows out next week as well, which, which looks fantastic. Okay. It's a film from Steve McQueen. Ooh. Who directed Kill Me the Slave and also Shame? Yes. Uh, this film's about basically um, widows, people get women who had their husbands, they're all bank robbers and thieves, they all get killed and they get left to do one last job. I've seen the tr- this looks actually really good. Yeah. That's, that spiked my interest the yeah. other night when we were there. That's out on Tuesday. Um, okay. It's got a cast that pretty much is an embarrassment, honestly. It's an unbelievable cast of people that's got in it, so have a look at it. It looks really interesting. Go, go. And also out on Wednesday this week is Overlock. Which is possibly a cooler field, maybe not a cooler field movie. No one's really that sure, but it looks like a fun monster movie. This is uh, one second World War Two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could possibly be a cooler field film. You, you screw me a wee curveball there yeah. when you say cooler field, I'm like, what? If you think about how the cooler field and then the pink cooler field lane and then the paradox, and the, they, they don't always entirely fit in. Yeah, There's okay, okay. There's that one fall that they didn't have a wee bit to do with the world, but not entirely tied together that much. But okay, okay. There's rumours this could be. Maybe set more and an alternate dimension, possibly. Who knows? Is it? Don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> I've been rumoured, but there's no confirmation yet. Right, okay. I'm going to go and see it on Monday, because it's okay. out on advanced preview, and I'll let you know if it is. Cool. All right. And well, on that, Barry, tell me where you find us. All the usual haunts all over social media at Three Beers in a Movie Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah. Oh, and you can now email us again at, uh, at Three Beers in a Movie. Sorry, Three Beers in a Movie at gmail.com. That is correct. Um, but I've been Richard. You've I've been, been Barry. And you've been.